<laughs> oh, lousy smart weather. for you in the power you possess oh sorry guys you kind of caught me mid uh caught me in a moment there um hey guys it's adrian obviously listening to adrian has issues doing another little mini episode for you yeah mini-sode well the last time i did a mini-sode i guess spider-man was announced that well i'm sorry no no spider-man wasn't announced but i mean it was announced that Spider-Man would be kind of a shared character between Marvel and Sony. Obviously, that's going to be an ongoing thing. While I liked it, I kind of figured, well, you know what? I didn't. I don't know. I didn't want to use the mini-sode thing as a means to spout news. Because that's the one thing that's a little unfortunate. But it's also really cool about what we do as podcasters. Where, I mean, depending on what show you listen to. Some, obviously, are all news-related, which is cool. And... I know I did a lot of that on the old show, and quite frankly, I kind of figured, well, you know what, there's so many people talking about this stuff, maybe I want to steer away from just saying, oh, hey guys, did you hear about this thing? Because by the time this gets posted, it's all going to be old news, and there's nothing worse than speculating about stuff, and then, of course, the next day, you're completely wrong, as you learned in that one episode, actually, it was the last episode that we did. Well, not the last episode, it was the episode of Adrian and Atlas have issues where we were talking with Edpool and we were speculating on all the stuff that Marvel was doing. And then like the next day, we find out we were all pretty much wrong. You're probably wondering, why the hell is he singing the Wonder Woman theme song at the beginning of the show? Well, one, it's catchy as shit. So you know what? Don't judge me. (laughs) Second, I was just kind of thinking as far as when it comes to the episode, I would say it was um, easy like a... Saturday morning with the episode of the Frank Espinosa, you know, we've been talking a lot about old Saturday morning cartoons and like, you know, stuff like the Disney afternoon and things like that. And while the one thing that we never really touched on in that show that I always wanted to bring up is as much fun as those shows were, they weren't nearly as fun without the theme songs behind them. You know, the song should get you and it should get you going. It should pretty much say to you, you're in for some serious shit. Like, that's kind of the whole point of a theme song. Whether it's meant to scare you or frighten you, inspire you, it should give you at least, set you in the mood, you know, set the, set the tone. You know, the theme song is there to, like, you know, light some candles, lay down some silk sheets and be like, hey, whatever's going to happen is going to be intense. Your world is going to be rocked forever. Or at least for, like, the next 20 minutes, half hour, however long show it is. 
But yeah, I was just thinking, you know, I want to start doing the mini-sodes. Not necessarily a, like, news bulletin thing, but more of like a... So what's going on in my life? Because it's not really fair to the guests that I have on a show to basically have them on a show and be like, uh, so yeah, I got this weird itch. I don't know what it is, though, but I'm not sure. It might be fungal. I'm not sure. You know, I don't want to basically make it weird for them by talking about all my weird stuff. So obviously the mini-sodes are going to be where I have ideas or opinions or things I want to get off my chest and I'm too lazy to actually sit down and blog about it. <laughs> so I figured there's a couple of things I was thinking. By the time you get to the uh, this episode, um, I'm sure you'll have all seen the trailer for the new Daredevil, which of course, great. I just said I was going to talk about news, but now I'm talking about it. But this one's important because this this is really interesting to me as far as the Daredevil trailer. Well, the first one was kind of like a nice little teaser, getting a little bit into, I guess, the the, the mind and the psyche of Matt Murdock. You know, the blind crusader even though that's not really his name but anyway the blind guardian which no blind guardian is a metal band wait what's man without fear that's his name there you go man without fear that's who daredevil is but this new trailer finally gives us a little bit of vincent d'onofrio's version of the kingpin um holy shit vincent d'onofrio is one of the few actors whom when taking on a villainous role like when he really gets into it it's one of the few times like i actually get legitimately terrified because he's this weird kind of hulking opposing figure very tall very like if you've ever seen full metal jacket or maybe even his performance on like law and order criminal intent the dude's kind of a monster in like the greatest way possible where if you weren't acting i would say he would probably need like 24 hours surveillance just so that way he doesn't like either go nuts and like crash through a window and like bite somebody's face off you never can't tell where he's gonna come from but his kingpin in that little bit of that trailer scared the ever-loving shit out of me and i cannot wait cannot wait to see him like to tell you the truth i'm more excited for the kingpin than i am actually a daredevil and Eldon Henson, of course, you know, Fulton Reed, as I always call him, playing Foggy Nelson. This is going to be really cool taking a character. But the reason why I want to bring it up is because it's a very dark trailer. And again, I know every time, you know, dark is a word, much like the word gritty. It's very overused, and especially in terms of, like, storytelling, because it's all, you know, set that mood music and low lighting, and everybody talks to gritted teeth like... I'm the, the the hero that Hell's Kitchen needs. That kind of thing, you know. It's just, it's, it's it can be a little overdone, but at the same time, I think that with these with this Marvel series, it's going to be interesting to see how Marvel deals with something this dark. Because for the most part, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been very bright and vibrant, it's very escapist fair, you know, very adventure heavy. Where it's like, hey, guess what? The Avengers are fighting, you know, this bad guy and. They'll save the day, that kind of thing. It's, it's been very kind of like up with superheroes. Even in like the darkest moments where Iron Man's like, I, this stuff in my chest is killing me. Or uh, Captain America is like, I'm 70 years old. Or Thor's like, my brother keeps trying to kill me. Even in all these terrible things that are going on, there's this air of fun about it. Like you never really fear too much for what's going to happen because at the end of the day, you know that these guys are going to be okay. And it's kind of, it's like a Bond movie. You know for a fact Bond's going to like press a button on his watch. Shit's going to blow up and he's going to grab the girl and, you know, they're going to end up making out while like the giant satellite dish blows up. You know, stuff like that. You know how it's going to come out, but at the end of the day, you, you respect the process. But what I like about the Daredevil trailer, because it gives you the idea that maybe, just maybe, 
your heroes aren't gonna actually win. You know, there's there's definitely this era of you know anything can happen at this point because the beauty of some of the street level heroes are they're not as well known, I think, by the general public. So you can kind of get a little get away with a little bit more in terms of storytelling. So it'll be really cool to see Marvel kind of flex its muscle and make a show that's gritty, but not making it so dark that it's off-putting. Like, it'll be really cool to see how the show actually is juxtaposed to the trailers because trailers can easily be manipulated to sell. For instance, was that movie coming out with Sean Penn, The Gunman, where the first trailer I saw was like this, you know, pseudo-dramatic, almost kind of like a Taken-type movie with Liam Neeson. And then one day I was watching another channel, and they're showing the same footage, but it's set to, what's the Kid Rock song, American Badass? Like... Wow, really? Like, wow, focus testing really, really, really sucks. Like, it was just very strange how, depending on the type of music they used, it completely changed the tone of the trailer. So it'll be cool to see what Daredevil does. And good on Marvel for kind of finally at least having the confidence to say, we're not really sure if this is going to work, but you know, we believe in it so much, we're just going to go ahead and do it. You know, yeah, they're going to get a little bloody, and yeah, our heroes might get the crap kicked out of them, but it's not nearly as hopeful i would say as some of the other marvel projects have a tendency to be so it'll be cool to see how that actually works speaking of superheroes something i was thinking about recently in terms of especially with you know secret wars coming and of course the the universes are molding together there's talk of obviously the 616 universe which is the regular universe we all know and love that and the ultimate universe is supposedly colliding and at the end of the day it'll be all one universe or you know it's all gonna be changed even if briefly i was thinking a lot about at least as far as superhero books or at least just marvel in general in terms of the books i grew up with and I've, I don't know, for some reason I've been thinking a lot about the X-Men. If you've heard any episodes of the show where I talk about the X-Men at great length, you know that my ears perk up, I get excited. Like, I will talk X-Men all day, every day, because long before the Avengers and Daredevil or whomever else I'm reading, the X-Men really were the, the I guess, the, the gateway drug in terms of comic book reading because here you have a book about these it's a fairly diverse group of people you know you have canadians you have you know african goddesses you have your ill-tempered russian strongman kind of thing like you have all these different people who are pretty much forced to not even forced but are willing to save a world that pretty much looks at them and says you are less than like you are not fit to live among normal people. And not for nothing, like, if you really sit down and actually think about the concept, it's pretty heady. Like, that's not, that's not, um, that's not a simple concept to deal with. The one thing I will say I liked about the X-Men is, even with superheroes or costume characters fighting other costume characters, there was, like, this level of humanity in the X-Men that, personally, I feel like hasn't been a thing in a very long time. Like, we got so swept up with Second Coming, you know, Messiah Complex, and all, like, and all these other Black Vortex, and, um, what you call it, Endangered Species, all these big crossovers. Oh, don't forget, like, um, what was the one, um, not Regenesis, but the Schism. Basically, all these big crossover events where the X-Men are either being pitted against each other or other big forces, 
in a way, the book kind of lost its humanity. And I'm talking like, you know, the main core, like Uncanny X-Men. Because I kind of miss the old days, because I've been listening to a lot of two X-Men-related podcasts. Um, One being Great Expectations, which, shout out to Sean Page and uh, Jerry McDade. And also, Rachel and Miles Explain the X-Men, which two really great X-Men-related podcasts. If you aren't listening to them, you need to check them both out, because they're both great. But both podcasts have been kind of dealing with a lot of the 80s-related X-Men. And say what you will about the 80s era, and especially about Chris Claremont, but I almost miss it in a way because I feel like at the time, at least, say what you will about some of the more ridiculous aspects of the era, but at least the X-Men seemed to kind of really embody something. Whether they were, you know, talking about social issues, and especially in, like, the God Loves, Man Kills event, that, to me, like, you know, things like that where the X-Men are really forced to deal with the idea of being forced to live in a very bigoted world. And considering everything that's going on in this country, let alone the rest of the world, we, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, we, as a culture or as a society, still have a very big issue with race. And we have an issue in terms of gender or sexual identity or what have you. Like, there's a, more now than ever, and maybe because it seems that way, because especially it's being pushed more in the media, but you, there's, a clear, there's a clear indication that we have a ways to go in terms of accepting one another. And it's pretty interesting now where there are some comic books and there are some you know at least in terms of marvel i can't speak for dc because i don't read it a lot but at least in there there are some books that are addressing the situation but i always felt that x-men really were the the x-men were the team that really kind of dealt with that head-on because the avengers you have so many different characters in the avengers and you know they kind of have like at least like a government backing they're kind of classified as a legitimate superhero peacekeeping force the x-men to me were always not really outlaws but they were always to me on the kind of like the fringe where they didn't necessarily have the same clearances or same grace as the avengers whom everybody loved and revered like they were the justice league where these people they're like They'll go, you know, save you from getting, like, attacked by, you know, Magneto. And it's like, oh, thanks. thanks. Instead of it being, thanks for saving me, you know, go out and save the day and help somebody else. It's, thanks a lot, you piece of shit. And look at you with your mutant powers. You suck and, you know, getting stoned or pelted with rocks. That kind of thing where they really aren't revered as much as the Avengers. And I'm not saying that the X-Men need to be downtrodden or beaten or persecuted. But I feel like you, they, they kind of lost the plot with what that book was supposed to be about. About a team dealing with inequality in, in this world. And I kind of wish maybe they would get back to that a little bit. Or at least some humanity where it, it's more about having to deal with that as opposed to just people in elaborate costumes just kind of just smashing into each other like action figures. And don't get me wrong, I love that kind of stuff, but it, it's gotten a little tiring for me. But maybe I'm not reading the right X book. I mean, that's the one thing I did like about X Factor, where Peter David's run, whether it be from the 90s or the 2000s, really had a cool idea of dealing with fantastical superhero stories, but also a more intimate 
story where you actually got to know the personalities of the people you're dealing with. And yeah, it got a little soap opera-ish at times, not going to lie, but you you get a better understanding for characters when you deal with them at that level. Like, when was the last time you saw the X-Men play baseball like behind the, the behind um, Xavier's mansion? Or when was the last time you saw, you know, Jubilee and Beast kind of like jumping through like piles of leaves in the fall? You know, or just seeing them maybe out in the town because you know, there are a few times where like Nightcrawler would be out like at a club, you know, romancing some woman with his image inducer. So people didn't know that he was this teleporting blue demon that looked that smelled like sulfur every time he teleported, you know, and I just kind of missed those moments where the X-Men were just doing normal things because I thought that was kind of the point is that while yes they have superpowers yes they might look a little different and be kind of frightening but they were still people like they had the same wants and the same desires and the same needs as as so-called normal people do and i I really wish that that kind of came back in terms of the x-men i don't know i i just and that's the thing as far as comics in general as much as i love my big superhero to do's and my big you know, big cataclysmic events and things like that. I I worry that maybe in the, in the chasing of big stories that, you know, characters unfortunately stop being characters and stop having motivations and they become more of talking heads or more of not really talking heads, but you know, more just, just more like these, you know, like Atlas often referred to as, you know, toys in a sandbox or people just to play with without really revering what the characters were all about. That's just kind of what I'm getting at. But yeah, I, I, I won't I, I, I won't bash it too much. But the one thing is I do appreciate the fact that at least in terms of major publishers and again in this case Marvel, that there is a push for more solo titles. You know, titles like Ms. Marvel and Hawkeye, you know, we know. But there have been some really fun ones like Ant-Man and Squirrel Girl. You know, these really cool solo books where you kind of get to know heroes on a level that are sli- that are slightly more intimate than you normally would in a big team book. So I would definitely like to see more of those. And, well, I know I've kind of been chatting your ear off, but the one thing I want to talk about before I go, and I want to make sure I have this on, you know, record. I want to make sure this is recorded somewhere because this will be the last time. This may be the very well be the last time that I talk about it because I probably won't mention it again until either the day it happens or the day after it happens if I survive. I don't know if you know, but um, it was recently announced that AMC and Regal Cinemas are doing a Marvel movie marathon, which I don't know if you remember anything like the last one. It was one of those things where... They were, they were showing the Marvel films or the Avengers titles from, I guess, the first Iron Man leading up to Avengers. And that's like, what, five, six movies? And that, over the course of a day, not that big a deal. However, they, there's now the ultimate Marvel movie marathon where they're showing all 11 titles from Iron Man up into the premiere of Age of Ultron. 24 hours of Marvel films. Starting on like you know Wednesday evening going into Thursday evening and yes I bought a ticket I don't know I'm scared 
and I, I'm I'm not actually be scared. I'm half between scared, excited, and honestly, it's not like I'm gonna sit here for 24 hours not eating, you know, not using the bathroom or things like that. But I've never actually sat in the theater for an entire day. I've done you know the what I thought was the equivalent of a day, but really only like let's say 12 hours or so. But to sit in the theater for 24 straight hours. Or at least just 24 hours, you know, total. That's nothing to sneeze at. And again, I love these movies. I watch them all the time. It's gonna. I, I don't know if I could do this or not. And like, I'm really starting to have to like consider training like Rocky Balboa style to get into this mode because it's like, holy shit, that's a lot of movies. Like, you know, that's that that's a lot of flicks. And you know, some of them I probably could nap through. Like, not gonna lie, I'll probably use Thor as the stopgap, but. No offense, I love the Thor movies, but they're not my favorite of the cinematic films. So that is going to be, it's going to be crazy, but I hope to actually, if if I can't record that day, I want to do kind of like a before and after, like I'll record the day before and then record afterwards if I live to just kind of tell the tale, because naturally I want to do an episode about Age of Ultron because... I didn't realize like it's it's this close to it's close to being May like we're we're nearing it and I don't know it's just I've never been this excited before and too bad this isn't happening in July because how crazy would it be if they included Ant Man in the mix but again Ant Man is considered Phase Three so a little bit different there but yeah I just want to let you guys know that for geekdom's sake I will I will probably die. <laughs> I, I will die a warrior's death and by warrior's death I mean slumped over a broken movie theater seat clutching a, a, a cup of half melted icy and a half bitten hot dog probably smelling like day old nachos I don't know I plan on bringing like some some deodorant and some body spray because that place might get a little funky hopefully the air conditioning's running either way I can't wait I'm excited but I'm going to shut up, and you know what, I'm going to, um, obviously, before we go, I always like to do a little uh, shameless self-promotion. If for any reason you don't know where to find us, you can always hit us up on Twitter, or us, or hit me up, rather, on Twitter, at Adrian Has Issues, or on Facebook.com slash Adrian Has Issues. Our main website is AdrianHasIssues.com, and there you can download and stream all the episodes you want free of charge they're all free i don't charge a shit for these things like why would i charge you for top quality entertainment this is the premiere podcast and others out i don't know what i was going with i was going something weird with that but we are also on stitcher and itunes and please if you love the show if you dig what you hear if you if even if you don't like what you hear, even if you think there's something different I should do, or if you think I should maybe stop rambling as much, or maybe like better guests, or whatever it is you feel like, feel free to leave a rating and a review on both iTunes and Stitcher because that also really helps the show and helps other people like yourselves find the show. And really, isn't that what Geekdom's all about? Is just sharing the love. So feel free to leave some reviews. I'd really appreciate it. And also, shout out to some other great podcasts. Amish Baby Machine, Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks, um, Great Expectations, and that was a great one I mentioned earlier. Uh, Rachel and Miles Explain the X-Men, Comical Podcast, 
uh, Dropping Loads, Lo-Fi Show. Uh, there's so many great shows. The Ultimate Spin, which is a podcast dedicated to Miles Morales and now Spider-Gwen. That's a really cool one, too. Uh, Intercomics Podcast, that's a really cool one. Oh, there's so many great shows out there. You guys got to check them out. They're big supporters of the show. So, in turn, i like to let you guys know to support them, too, if you can. But that'll be it, and I hope you enjoyed this little mini-episode. And you know what? If, if you like these, again, let me know, because I really like doing these. I think it's a lot of fun, and it's a different dynamic. Oh, and before I go, speaking of podcasts, I also host another podcast with my best friend called Ignoring Movies, where the two of us sit down and chat. And we pretty much watch movies. Like, there are movies so epic, we, we don't even watch them. Like, have you ever sat down with some friends while watching a movie and then just bullshit? You kind of forget that you're watching a movie? That vibe, that's ignoring movies. It's a lot of fun. And while this one is very comic book heavy, ignoring movies, it's as irreverent as we want to be. Like, if you ever listen to the episode with, uh, oof, I don't you know, I'm not even going to tell you what it is. I, I just want you to listen. I think it, it's, it's a lot of fun, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Oh, and shout out to Let's Chat with Revel and Friends, Chris Revel. Great show. Big supporter of the show. But anyway, I'm going to stop rambling. Have a good night, guys, and we will see you next issue.